Welcome to Christians in the Public Square with your hosts Cole Bennett and Scott Self. This is another installment of the Speaker's Corner, a brief solo essay by Scott or by me or perhaps by you, where we get to opine for about 20 minutes on a topic of our interest. If you're interested or perhaps provoked to respond to one of our earlier episodes, please contact us as we would love to hear what you think, what you have to say, and perhaps feature you on a future Speaker's Corner episode. Today, I want to talk about barbecue. In Abilene, Texas, where I live, there are just over one million barbecue restaurants, and I use the word restaurant loosely. I'm referring to anything from proper dining establishments with tablecloths, to food trucks, stands, holes in walls, or as my dad used to say, a barbecue joint. They're all over this town, some within pretty easy walking distance from my house, and some a half hour's drive across town. Their food, service, dining areas, ambiance, personnel, and prices vary considerably, as you might imagine. And I spent my first year here sussing out the best options for me, which, incidentally, can differ from lunch to dinner. I have my favorites, you have yours, Scott has his. Let's all eat barbecue. I want you to imagine something with me. What if the governor of Texas announced tomorrow that the state was beginning a new taxpayer-funded program to help combat hunger in the state? What if he said, We recognize that hunger is a real problem for many Texans and that most Texans eat barbecue. So starting today, each family will get a $500 subsidy each month to buy barbecue meals for their families. The only catch is that you can use this subsidy only at the barbecue restaurant that is physically closest to your home address. It won't work anywhere else. You can still buy barbecue across town if you want, but you'll be spending your own money. The barbecue restaurant nearest your house will still get your $500 each month, even if you don't eat there. If my governor said these things, the first question I'd ask is why? Why can't I use the $500 voucher at my preferred restaurant, which is across town, instead of the closest one? Imagine if his only answer was this, because then the closest one might go out of business. There is no other reason. Well, as a free market-loving libertarian, I'd have a lot to say to my governor. First, I'd point out that if I could use my subsidy anywhere in town, the closest barbecue restaurant to my house may not in fact go out of business, but might actually improve its menu improve its customer service, improve its efficiency, or cleanliness, or hours of operation, or anything else in order to attract me as a customer. I mean, that's what my preferred barbecue restaurant across town did. The owner there actually studied business and barbecueology, and she learned how to cook and how to serve the best food in a clean restaurant. She sells the best coleslaw and potato salad, too, and her onion rings are the best. That's why it's my favorite one. That's where I want to spend my subsidy each month. 
Maybe the closest one to me would try to be more like the one I'd prefer. But let's say that the governor is correct, that the barbecue restaurant closest to my home will in fact close if I use my monthly $500 wherever I want. To me, that means that not enough people in town spent their money there to warrant its being open. If it can't sufficiently improve its profitability, it goes away and its customers go to the other barbecue restaurants in town who are doing things better. That's called the market at work. I mean, people still want to eat barbecue. They still have their government money to spend. Barbecue joints all over town would compete for my government dollars. The food, service, cleanliness, portion size, etc. would tend toward improvement as each establishment competes to win. In brief, it makes absolutely no sense to require that a hunger relief program send money to citizens, then restrict them to using it only at the restaurant that is geographically closest to their house. It hampers competition, removes incentives for improvement, and leads to plates of mediocre barbecue at restaurants where managers focus on demographics, government regulation, compliance, and assessment instead of delicious plates of food, which is what people want. I'm sure that many of you already know what I intend for these thoughts to analogize. Taxpayer-funded, state-sponsored education. It makes no sense whatsoever to have the state tell families that the only place they can send their children to reap the benefit of the taxes they pay is the school whose physical location is nearest their home address. But anytime I talk about school choice or vouchers or charter schools, I get the same response from every public school teacher or administrator. Vouchers might take money away from the public school system, period. Well, yes, it might. And if it did, those dollars would go to some other school who's doing a better job. Just like the barbecue restaurant. So let the winners win and let the losers close down. I have mentioned the book, The Beautiful Tree, on our program before, but I want to say more about it right here. The subtitle is, A Personal Journey into How the World's Poorest People Are Educating Themselves. And the author, James Tooley, has stated in interviews how he expected to find completely different things from what he actually found as he set out to research how people educate their children around the world. He discovered, for example, parents who are desperately poor in some countries who still pay tuition to neighborhood educators while their free state-sponsored classrooms sit empty. The reason is because parents know the difference between high-quality and low-quality education, and they want the best for their children. They know that teachers paid by the state might or might not show up to do their jobs. They might or might not know their subject matter. They might or might not be personable people from whom their children can learn things. The key point that Tuli found in, is that parents... No, and they choose to pay even in the face of a state-sponsored alternative. As a libertarian Christian in the public square, I care about children. 
And I understand my friends on both the right and the left who call for the state to intervene for children's welfare. We can argue over some fine points of just how to do that, but at the very least, I want to rally for school choice because I support helping my neighbors acquire the ability to choose how they educate their own children. Such freedom would provide a way out of what has become a system that regularly fails so many poor kids, a situation that I know concerns many people of faith who care about children. But instead of, or at least alongside, government programs for children, such as Head Start, which research shows has no statistically significant effect by 8th grade, or the Child Care and Development Fund, I feel that Christians should favor what seems to me a much simpler solution, parents' ability to choose where they educate their kids. And so my plea here is that Americans embrace school choice. State by state, we should rally for laws that allow parents to select from all available alternatives and let the market respond to their demand. We should give parents the power to choose the best way forward for their children's education through vouchers if we agree to taxpayer funding or through private tuition if we don't. Parents who care will research, read reviews, talk to other parents, seek expert advice, and select the best way they can. And parents who have little investment in their kids will be no worse off. Schools who succeed will grow and take in more kids, while schools who fail will close. I've often heard critics of charter schools cite occasions of their closures as evidence of failure. On the contrary, schools that close illustrate a successful market at work. Let all the failing schools close, public and private, and let all the successful schools expand. Competition is the key. In both barbecue and education, choice permits a market to work, and market-based competition makes things better for everyone.